Hi, this is Miss Julie. Our next week-long membership drive begins at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, February 21st and goes through February 28th. We're seeking volunteers to help take pledge calls and food donors to help feed those hungry volunteers. Restaurants, caterers, or chefs can find out more about donating drinks, snacks, or full meals by calling me at 813-238-8001 or email m-i-s-s-j-u-l-i-e at wmnf.org. I can help get you registered to volunteer or signed up to donate food. Just be in touch. Thanks. Thank you for joining me here at WMNF Tampa here on 88.5 FM. My name is Patrick Mabili, your host for this public affairs program called Community Speaks. And we are in the throes of Black History Month. And we're going to talk about some untold histories. The idea of teaching history has become so controversial. Once again, it has never really been fully taught. We're going to talk about some of those events and some of those names but you know we're also going to take a look at the courts today because so much is under attack including teaching history but with a conservative supreme court and judges paving the way backwards we are on a road backwards how close are we to a constitutional crisis or at least a crisis of the courts in the united states New laws are being crafted to challenge all the progress made and spark an argument on how much freedom will be allowed in the United States. And my question is, are we ready for these arguments? We're already witnessing one man fighting to declare he actually should be considered above the law. And we see governors challenge the feds on how cruel you should be allowed to treat people. You should be allowed to play human trafficking games and transporting and deporting and dumping people wherever you want and I just wonder are we ready to have these arguments especially when the courts has been stacked and we've seen judges who have been put on the courts across this country even federal courts across this country by President 45 we're seeing some of them come to his aid and uh, we're seeing a lot of eyebrow raising behavior from some of these judges seems like the Republican Party is continuing and conservatives continue trying to uh, prop up their leaders as opposed to hold them accountable. Where are the checks and balances in the United States anymore? It's certainly going to have to be left up to you, us, the people, to go to the polls and then put it into the direction if we see there's these dangers afoot, you know, making it harder for people to vote. They understand that that's the only power the people and our vote to stop them from doing what they are trying to do. But the courts have been something that they've been working on for the last 50, 60 years. And as we look at Black History Month and some of the progress that have been made, we're going to be looking back at a lot of events, especially uh, that happened in 1964 as part of the general civil rights movement. But you can go as far as 1954 to look at the modern civil rights movement and the work that a lot of people had to put in to make certain that the Constitution 
works for all of us, including people of color and, you know, those who have been historically oppressed in this society. A lot of issues that we want to talk about and a lot of history we're going to look back on here on Community Speaks and take your telephone calls and your emails if you want to chime in on some of these issues, especially the idea that there are people, especially on one side of the political equation in this country, who feel like they are above the law and continuing to try to prop up their leaders to defend them from the, you know, from checks, from being checked by the rest of us. So, you know, we're going to look at a lot of it. Also, we're going to look at, I'm going to share with you a couple of stories having to do with the economy. And, uh, you know, that that informs a lot of our vote in this country. But give us a call if you want to join a community discussion today here on your community radio station. And uh, you can call me at 813-239-9663. Or you can write me, DJ, at WNF.org. If you call, Irene stands ready to take your telephone calls and uh, get you online, get you on the air to talk about some of these issues. Uh, Florida economic issues, though, I do want to start there as we talk about the upcoming election and how, you know, consumer sentiment is playing a role, as always does. We're seeing some polls, which I don't put a whole lot of faith in because the ultimate poll is the election itself. But people are showing or telling pollsters that they're concerned about the economy, uh, the inflation in the economy. But nationally, consumer sentiment is up. Uh for the most part, on the issue of inflation since the 46 took over from 45, we've seen inflation drop from 9% all the way to 4.5% nationally. That's a halfway drop. And uh, we're seeing the Federal Reserve's uh, Board of Governors take a, a cautious, cautious approach to whether or not they're going to uh, uh, lift their hand, their hand, their thumb off the lever when it comes to interest rates and trying to keep inflation in check by continuing to keep interest rates high. And in so doing, you know, the, you and I benefit from high interest rates because it would help our savings accounts if we're able to save. But as I said, national nationally, consumer sentiment is high, but in Florida, for some reason, the inflation rate continues to be high. And so I can see how Floridians can feel some type of way about good news about the economy if you're living in Florida, because in Florida is going the other way, uh, especially led by tourism and food prices uh, here in Florida. So a lot of people are having a hard time putting food on the table and tourism is is pushing those prices as they gouge tourists in this state. And the rest of us also pay the same prices since we live under a instead of a income tax, national income tax state, we live in a sales tax state. So it is important that, you know, we all end up paying the same prices in taxes, uh, no matter how poor you are, how rich you are, uh, which is really regressive. And people like the tourists continue to gouge. But have you seen the prices at these restaurants? Restaurants have gone off the charts since the pandemic with their rising prices. And if you are not able to go to the grocery store and pay high grocery prices here in the state of Florida, you are, you're probably going to eat out. And you can only do that so many times with the prices being 
what they are right now at restaurants, that is not a sustainable way to feed yourself, feed you and your family. Uh, so people are going to have to find ways to combat the food deserts in this state, particularly since food prices are being really raised, rising in this moment in time, even as consumer sentiment shows nationally is going the other way. People are feeling a lot better everywhere else except here in Florida. And it would be interesting to know how you are preparing in all of this. And I understand that, you know, property taxes are high in this state. And there are some lawmakers who are talking about even repealing the property tax in this state and how that would work could send home prices even higher in rents higher as people try to take advantage of that to try to recoup whatever they feel they're losing in that scheme to get rid of property taxes. It's gonna ha- that money is going to have to be made up some kind of way. So we are talking about economic conditions in this state and in this country, how that's informing your vote. I'd like to know how you feel in, in comparison to national sentiment. What's Florida's sentiment? What is the local sentiment when it comes to inflation and economic uh, conditions and the prevailing conditions in this state? And who do you blame? 813-239-9663 is the number to call as we're seeing that some Americans are saddled with credit card debt. And, of course, as rent and everyday prices continue to remain high. And uh, if it's that bad nationally for a lot of people, just imagine what it's like for people here in the state of Florida. So while the U.S. economy is broadly healthy, pockets of us have run through our savings and run through run-up credit card balances after battling this inflation for more than two years. And so experts do worry that members of these groups, mostly lower and middle income citizens who tend to be renters, are falling behind on their debts and could face further deterioration of their financial health in the year ahead, particularly those who have recently resumed paying off student loans. And so the U.S. economy is currently performing better, as I said, than most forecasters expected. A year ago, thanks in large part to the consumer, and that's according to most economists. And uh, there's the report that is being issued on the economy and economic conditions is what I'm reading from right now. But how, these are these recent spending increases uh, being financed by credit cards, and that's not a good sign for a lot of people. Uh, but if you hold more than a, a one trillion dollars. On credit card debts, right now we as Americans do here in the third, uh, as we did as as it was measured back in the third quarter of last year. So this that is a record. That's a record, and it's a figure certain to grow once the fourth quarter data comes out. And so we're watching consumer sentiment when it comes to your debts, especially your your credit card debts in this particular instance. But how that informs the rest of your debt. And how that's going to inform your vote. These are worrisome metrics when it coincides with the average interest rate on bank credit cards. So, you know, they really gouge you on the interest rates. If you have a loan right now, you're probably being gouged 
on loans despite what your credit score is. So a lot of Americans, a lot of people are really trying to figure out how to navigate the economy right now. And one wonders who we as a voter, as a voting population, will respond to this because there's some indicators that people still believe that the Republicans are better for the economy, which each time it seems like a Republican president is in office and there's consolidation in Congress of Republicans. They tend to tank the economy. They tend to start wars and the Democrats end up winning because of those uh, events causing sentiment to, to be lowered. So a Democrat gets in and has to clean up the mess. Will we continue to repeat that same history as we allow ourselves to be lied to in these election campaigns. We have to listen very carefully to what they are claiming is going on and what they will do about it. Meanwhile, we have the constitutional uh, crisis that seems to be pending in all fronts in this country when we talk politically. But one of the things is the immigration debate and uh, whether or not the federal government can stop a state government from controlling the border in a violent way or in a cruel way. And it seems like that's a fight that Republicans want to have here in the election year. They are even not trying to, the House of Representatives don't want to compromise with Joe Biden, a Democratic president, because it might make him look good so that their front runner on the other side can win if they do nothing on immigration right now, yet they have been wringing their hands about immigration for years and doing nothing when 45 was in office, only did anti-human rights acts such as separating young children from their parents once they crossed over the border. And that is a situation that is still not being, not completely rectified these kids have grown up oftentimes don't even know their own families now because they were separated. Uh, but right now, more than a dozen Republican governors are in Texas, uh, was over the weekend, trying to get a, a photo opportunity with the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, who has been using razor wire to keep people out, letting people become close to drowning, if not completely drowning in their waters of people trying to get in and at least get some kind of an asylum hearing. Uh, the idea is to not, care, not concern yourself if you're a Republican governor of Texas, not concern yourself with the human rights issues that they're bringing, the issues that they want to uh, rate, put, bring light to so that they can get a hearing for asylum in this country. They're not interested. They want to keep the crisis going in order to keep it a, a viable issue in the upcoming election. And to me, that's atrocious. The issue has always been at the forefront in Washington where senators raced to release a highly anticipated bill that they've been trying to get a compromise on that pairs border enforcement policy with wartime aid for Ukraine. And helping Ukraine is another thing that the 
followers of 45, 45 himself does not want to resolve, does not want to cause a problem with his good friend, Vladimir Putin. But here we are. They're faced with an opportunity to do something on immigration and do something on amnesty as well as do something to provide leadership on the globe. And they're playing politics. Uh, the Senate is ready to act, uh, which is a, a body that sees itself as as cogent and sober and and uh, full of adults in the room who want to work and get things done. And yet you have children in the house who just want to play. And that's what they're doing in our name right now. So here we are in the record number of boarding crosses, crossings is a political liability for a sitting president in an issue that Republicans are eager to put front and center of voters. This governor, Florida's governor, committed to send more National Guard troops to Texas, and other governors are also weighing new deployments to Texas and on the southern border. And also, although this governor wasn't present yesterday in Eagle Pass with other governors there trying to get their photo opportunity, Texas governor was joined by Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, Arkansas's Bill Lee, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders of Arkansas, Bill Lee of Tennessee, and other Republicans. These Republicans have all gone to Texas to try to get a photo opportunity to show just how much they support this cruelty and, and not give any concern to solving and resolving a problem and creating uh, an efficient system this system continues to be broken because they want it broken so that they can continue to use it as a wedge issue to accumulate power on the right in this country. So, again, we want to hear from you, 813-239-9663. This is Community Speaks. And my name is Patrick Mobili, your host for Community Speaks, just bringing to you some of the issues to find out whether or not we're, we have a crisis of the courts in this country, do you trust the courts? Is it even necessary, possible to bring, get any real redress in the courts? And we're going to see this court get tested over and over again, especially as we look at how some of these judges are acting in a way that seems to defend or prop up or protect 45 from all his crimes, 91 indictments, but yet he's the basis front runner on the right to tr to win re-election in this country, even after an insurrection. And so Colorado was one of the first states that was able to, to test the uh, idea whether or not the Constitution uh, will allow or, or not allow this uh, President 45 on the ballot in Colorado. And the first judge who heard the case was never sure what, uh, how to interpret the insurrection clause in the state's constitution and threw up her hands and decided that that clause just simply didn't, uh, it, it had nothing to do, or they didn't have anyone like President 45 in mind when that clause was written, engaged in insurrection. Uh, it's the first time the nation's highest court heard Okay, uh, we'll hear a case on Section 3, the Insurrection Clause of the 14th Amendment in the Constitution. And the uh, first 
the Colorado judge said it didn't apply. So now it's kicked up to the Supreme Court where the conservatives think that they they get a free ride to do anything they want. Uh, so it's going to be tested after, you know, we saw what happened on January 6, 2021, when the supporters of the then president stormed the U.S. Capitol to try to block certification of his loss to Joe Biden. And other uh, Republicans, you know, people watched as Republicans such as McConnell and Mitt Romney described the attack as an insurrection. And yet a judge said in Colorado that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment might not apply to the former president. And so it just leaves one to wonder, is there any possibility of getting real redress in this court and whether or not they're going to allow the clock to be rolled back on so many things. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. I see some of you are calling. Uh, so I'm going to go right away to the telephone lines here on Community Speaks and let the community speak. So I'm going to go and speak first with Vebra here on WMF. Go ahead. You're on the air on Community Speaks. You say what? Deborah? Deborah? Can you hear me? You can speak. This is Committee Speaks. Go ahead. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Okay, I'm not Deborah. Okay, I'm sorry. What's your name? Z, like zebra. Oh, okay. Hey. I am a 70-year-old Hispanic woman who lives in Lakeland, Florida, and you touched so many subjects. I mean, I've been listening, (laughs) and my head is spinning. I want to address the first one you talked about, the cost of eating out for a normal average person. Now, I'm retired, so I'm living on a limited income, and right now, it's averaging about $30 for two people to go out and eat when you put your food and drinks and everything else there. Um, which for a retired couple, if they ate one meal a day out, that'd be about $900 a month. Now, that is something that's just not in reach no. for people of, of my income. Um, so, yes, I believe that the fact that there are tourists who can and are willing to pay that kind of money really drives that up. But I really doubt that prices go down. Prices don't usually ever go down. I doubt that they're going to go down when the snowbirds all leave. I think we're going to be stuck in Florida with a very um, elite, elitist government. Our government, Ron DeSantis, following the lead of Donald Trump, wants to make sure that Florida becomes the state for wealthy, well-to-do people to come and retire and spend money. Those of us who are working, the working poor, the retired who don't have, you know, uh, generational wealth, we're, we're going to either have to move to another state or really, really cut back on any spending anywhere because everything seems to be spiraling up, and I don't see in the future any of that really coming down. I just don't see it. Especially any. not here in Florida. Yeah, no, because they want, the, the powers that be want Florida to become the elite state uh, 
for for uh, elite people to come and vacation, you know, just like yeah. Hawaii and Puerto Rico, where you can't afford to go unless you really have some money. So that's the one thing that I have seen just being out here in the on the front lines. The second one I want to touch on is that January 6th thing and that clown saying that these people were political prisoners. And I'm going to call him a clown because that's really what he is. He per he's a performing clown. Mm -hmm. He's a horse and pony show for... Uh, just the people who have no no soul, no vision. Um, but there were policemen injured and died as a result of what happened there. I would like to know where else in the United States you could go and cause injury to police, cause death to police, cause traumatic uh, damage to the police who are protecting the Capitol and walk away talking about I'm a political prisoner. <laughs> You know, I mean, come on. Right. What kind of brainless idiots out there are believing this stuff? I, you know, right. I'm an old woman. I'm an old woman. And I know that if I went out and I went to Walmart and I started a fight and the guard came out and got killed as a result of the fight I started, I would be charged with that death. Man. Why isn't Donald Trump and all the clowns who followed him being charged with those deaths. Nobody's mentioning the deaths. They're talking about they destroyed property. Right. They destroyed. They kill people. Right. They hurt people. Those people need to be on trial for those things. Those are serious, serious crimes. And insurrection, um, trying to overthrow our government. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, what kind of game are we playing here? And, and especially since you didn't have any proof. You had access to the courts. You went to the courts. And the court said you didn't prove that you won. And yet you can you can go out there and cause an insurrection and claim some kind of, as you say, political prison. Or even as the ex-president is trying to say, that was something that's privileged, that's protected behavior on the part of a president. So he's trying to have oh, yeah, it both ways. Why did he pass the law that said people who were marching for Black Lives Matter and for everything else, that they should do 10 years in prison? <laughs> like, right. automatically. Okay? So where does the bear poop in the woods here? Okay? Either either you can uh, go out and cause all kind of mayhem and chaos to make your political point, or you have to do it lawfully and... and right and do it the proper way and not be taken to prison for 10 years for doing that. You know, we have Ron DeSantis here talking about passing laws that if you go out for political dissent, you can be arrested for this and that, making it virtually impossible for the average man to go out in the street and say, this is wrong. I disagree with it. I don't want this happening around me. So we have, again, this elitist, uh, thought in, in the United States of America that the only people who deserve justice, the only people who deserve food, the only people who deserve to live are the wealthy. Hmm. Everybody else, everybody else, uh, you just scramble around as you can, uh, kill each other, uh, hmm. sell drugs. And I want to just really briefly touch on that drug thing, because I know that's one of Trump's big deals is that the people coming across the border are bringing drugs. He's so full of crap. If he ever finds a little man on the street who can afford to to bring helicopters of drugs into the United States, to bring submarines of drugs into the United States, I want to see that man. <laughs> the people who are bringing drugs into the United States are the same wealthy people mm -hmm. who are passing the laws to put poor people in jail for selling it. 
Yeah, and you paying. can't bring drugs into the United States if you're a poor man. You have to be a wealthy man. You have to be able to afford a plane or a helicopter or a ship to bring drugs across the border. Don't tell me that craziness. What kind of stupid person believes that? Right. And, and I'm, I'm sorry. You know, no, I, 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 I appreciate just, it. I certainly appreciate it. I Z. just get so angry when I read these headlines. Yeah. And then I hear... These stupid parrots on the street just parroting off right. the same thing they read. Oh, they're political prisoners. Oh, they're get out of here. Right. Well, you, you won't hear that. <laughs> you know, let's go to Cuba. Let's go to China. Let's go to Russia. Open the jails and see who's really a political prisoner. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your call. That's why we do this show. Thank, Thank you. you for your show. And keep putting the truth out there. And hopefully somebody's going to knock some of these knuckleheads in the head. And make them start thinking for themselves and stop mouthing off like parrots the stupidity and the absurdity and the lies that are being pressed by the Republicans, by Trump, by all these people who only want to control you and use you for money. Mm -hmm. We are in the matrix. We are in the matrix. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to bust out. So thank <laughs> you very much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. You too. 813-239-9663. This is Community Speaks, taking telephone calls, talking about the state of affairs, especially the state of the economy in this state. Uh, we're looking at some untold stories from history, as well as the constitutional crisis or the crisis of the courts here on Community Speaks. Go ahead, Bob in St. Pete. I'm going to go and talk to you. You say what? Uh, I'll keep it short. Um, you brought up a lot of things. Uh, I just uh, focused on uh, two. So, number one, uh, you know, economics 101, when you raise spending, government spending massively without covering it by taxes, that causes inflation. That's page one, freshman year, economics 101. So, whoever did that should be held accountable. Ironically, both parties can solve it. And the thing is, is the last guy who balanced the budget was actually a Democrat. Clinton. So we, we need to balance the budget, we need to lower spending, and we need to raise taxes. It's going to be harder to raise taxes than lower spending, so that needs to be done. Number two, uh, the uh, Trump, Trump's a bad guy. I haven't voted for him. I'll never vote for him. But, uh, you know, the courts should just go through the system, and if the Supreme Court decides you violated the fourth, 14th Amendment, then he should be barred. And then just add, I'll add a third one real quick, and that is uh, people need to take personal responsibility about their spending. So if you don't have the money, don't put it on a card. Those are my points. Yeah, that, that, that would be a great rule of thumb. It's just that when you're desperate and it's there and kids are looking at you hungry with those eyes, you're going to spend it. You're going to go for it. But I, I can appreciate what you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, agreed, but but you know the uh, uh, the unemployment rate is very low. There's lots of jobs. I mean, honestly, just go out and get a job. I mean, uh, I know wait, uh, uh, some relatives of mine are waiters, and they make insane money uh, waiting tables. So there's jobs out there. Well, I'm certain if if you got a credit card, you got a job most likely, and you know. But I do understand that. Yeah, that is the that is the answer. Go get a job. But what about the skills? And what about the pay? And what about the idea that you know there's 
there's, that that is not a living wage. That is not a livable wage. So a lot of people have to take on two and three jobs. So you know that's that is happening. People are doing it, but they're also filing for unemployment as well, depending on what industry you're in and where you are. And we're focusing on this state. There's a there's a a sentiment that is is going low in this state in terms of consumer sentiment and as it is rising everywhere else. And so we were trying to understand that. There are always opportunities, and, it, and it's not helpful to blame other people, to blame the government, blame this, blame that, that you, you can get nurses make $60,000 a year. You can become a nurse in two years. There are always stuff you can do, and, and just going around blaming everybody is just not helpful. Well, somebody's got to provide a job, <laughs> and you're right. I don't know why we we re- resort to it's all got to be blamed on the person in the White House because that person only controls federal jobs. <laughs> and so they then you get into, well, one party likes to use the tax cuts, and that continues to raise, that puts pressure on the deficit of national debt as well. So, you know, people got to be, we've got to be more engaged, and we can't just use the quick fix, and people got to get off the election year quick fix, which is what I see happening, and we suffer the consequences. The the uh, tax cut is the only thing that I'm hearing from the conservative side as their plan going forward, and that got us in this crisis in the first place. Well, uh, yeah, and and spending. So you need to do both. You need to mm-hmm. tax, cut taxes and cut spending, and you need to be cut spending faster because tax cuts help you and me. Not just the rich. It helps everybody. Not proportionately. Not proportionately. Well, you know what? More money in your paycheck is more money. I mean, just you can't go around comparing yourself you, to Elon yeah. Musk. The, the proportion, uh, comparing yourself to other people is just a dead end. It just makes you angry and jealous. Just worry about yourself and, uh, you know, don't spend what you don't have and get a job. All right. Thank you, Bob. Very simple answers. Thank you so much for that. We're going to go and talk to Fiora over in Zephyr Hills to add to what we're talking about here. Crisis of the courts, crisis of the economy, especially here in Florida. Go ahead. You're on the air in Zephyr Hills. Oh, thank you for taking the call. This is Flora. Hi. I have been living in Florida for a number of years. This is my fourth year being here for quite some time, extended periods. Mm. When I hear from my friends and family and people that are in my northern area, they always criticize Florida heavily. How can you possibly live there? (laughs) Uh, You know, the criticism is massive. So what I've found is that Florida is a very positive place. The boots on the ground people here are doing a tremendous job to straighten things out make it a more balanced state and a progressive state. Mm. And when I hear the criticisms of the governor here, I think he deserves it. He Mm. deserves everything people say about him that's negative because not only does he nip education at its root, but in my opinion, he might have possibly, and I think it's worth a look, used funds from the state of Florida 
to pump up and use for press releases and publicity hmm. during the run for president recently. I heard the, the reason same thing. I, reason I say that is because I've kept telling people that Ron DeSantis has horns and loudspeakers, and he's really not that big of, big of a presence. Mm. He's just got a tremendous PR team somewhere in the wings. So I took a minute, and I went online for Florida government, and I looked at the people that had been in those positions. Just oddly, when his campaign efforts came to a screeching halt recently, they left. <laughs> so to me, being a bit of a researcher, thumbs up to Florida because you guys do a great job here. <laughs> and I know you're going to do nothing but improve. But my two things before I sign off here would be check him out, make sure those funds were not used during the presidential effort, and charging billing hours for that instead of Florida government hours. And I would say focus on the future, scare the heck out of him, and promise a, re a Democratic governor in your future. Okay, yeah. Keep our heads up, basically. <laughs> Keep pressing Keep forward. Doing mm -hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think those are those are good words to live by and, and to take heed because uh we gotta be doing something to get under their 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 nerves, but we do need to figure out how because the voting rolls have flipped in this state is no longer a battleground state um so i'm, I'm going to be curious just to see if the state continues to go opposite the rest of the nation like they did in the midterm elections and uh so in, and if that's the case we don't need more of that and we don't need more of misuse of funds uh and this is supposed to be a state government in the sunshine we don't know about the funds and uh, the ins and out of all the funds that DeSantis used on his campaign and especially to do his uh, migrant uh, bus routes and uh, whether or not he's using state funds. I'm sure he's using state funds to send troops to Texas. He's still not acting like a governor of Florida. He's acting like a president. So, thank you, Flora. Yeah, I wish you a lot of luck, and I'd give him, um, I'd scare the pants off of him and, and go big on the effort for a Democratic governor in the future here. Yeah. Scare him. Scare him. I like that. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> bye bye. Ray, we got to go and talk to you in Lakeland. Thank you for holding on. Go ahead, Ray. You're on Community Speaks. Good morning. Hi. Yes, sir. I've been uh, listening uh, for a while this morning. And uh, that last caller, just having those positive points, I really appreciated that. You know, speaking good on Florida and what we what we built here. Um, I wanted to speak on the. Uh, 2024 election, and just real quickly, I don't understand why Democrats are having a conversation about Joe Biden running and possibly winning. I think the margin was too thin last time, and um, you don't hear people thanking Joe Biden for the job he's doing. I mean, the top right. points are there in the media, 
but nobody that I run into on the street is saying, oh, well, you know, Joe did this or, you know, right. it's more turmoil. You're here and in Florida. Nobody wants to be at war right now. Right. Yes, sir. That, so I think that might be what we find, what we're going to find here in Florida since the sentiment, like I said, is negative in terms of consumer sentiment in Florida and they need somebody to blame. Yeah. And not nobody to well, give credit to. They trying to, they bend over backwards to give credit to the last guy as one caller tried to talk about the tax cuts, but he's saying those well, tax cuts. in all fairness, people like them. All right. So I, I don't I don't I mean, you know, the, the hardest thing being a person of color was Joe Biden's role in the uh, the crack bill, the crack laws in the 90s. And, you know, there wasn't enough done since then and the 30 years since then to help the people who were marginalized and, you know, predetermined to be the problem. Well, but we, we, we did under the Obama administration did get that disparity change, you know, from crack to cocaine, uh, the sentencing disparities. So I mean, that's yes, something. Sir. And uh, you know, you have a whole Congress. So you know, you talk about Biden's role, and a lot of people, people of color, like to bring up the 1994 crime bill. But at the time, you had what we have now, a very determined, conservative Republican Party that was intended on doing as much cruelty as they possibly can. If you remember the 1990, 1994, it was all about reaction to the land bias death and crack cocaine. So they were going out of their way to see how much criminal liability they can put on people and add to and even how they can execute people more effectively in this country. So, you know, the 90s was very similar to what we are seeing today. People were basically extreme. They're very extremist in their policies. Yes, sir. Uh, thank um, you. The, the, and and I, don't, I don't mean to make short of that point, but everything that Obama did uh, with Joe Biden as vice president didn't change the history of what happened to my father in the 90s and how crack cocaine broke up black families. I have an experience that has never been brought to light or fixed. We had to fix that. And Trump said he don't drink or do drugs. He, he made that part of his persona publicly. I mean, we're looking at leaders. Let's find somebody in their 30s. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's hope that, let's encourage people in their 30s to run. Certainly, I like that idea. Thank you, Ray, from Lakeland. Look. 813-239-9663. See if I can grab a couple of more calls from you as we talk about some of the issues we've talked about, some of the issues that are causing a whole lot of constitutional uh, challenges, especially what's happening on the borders, but it's also especially how we're going to navigate uh, a president that led an insurrection as president and wants to run again and uh, after presiding over a violent transfer of power. Go ahead, Deb and Lutz, you say what? Hey there. Well, I came in uh, late on the call when Bob was on, and mm -hmm. I wanted to respond to that issue regarding uh, the student loan yeah. situation. 
people like that are totally ignorant of what went on to snag these students and get them to sign up for these loans. I happen to have two bonus daughters. Those are daughters that I helped raise Mm -hmm. uh, that aren't my own, but I was there for a lot of their upbringing. And they came from a very disadvantaged home in the ghetto uh, in Portland, Oregon. Uh, Mom abandoned them. Dad raised them. Uh, He had very little education, and they were in poverty. But they, uh, they, they tried their best in school. And the student loan folks came to their high school to talk to these kids about taking out these loans. Mm. And I'm telling you, this is a very slick marketing push <laughs> they were doing. The high school students, wow. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're 17, 18, and, and they were in the halls of the, the colleges, too, and the kids would come and do their tours, hoping to yeah. get in, you know. And one of the things they would tell them is, well, you know, if you sign up for this uh, loan, that's a really good way for you to establish credit. And right. all kinds of this stuff that they tell. And, and you're talking to kids from poverty right. who didn't have parents to sort anything out for them. And they're thinking, wow, yeah, I can go to college. If I take out this loan, that, that's all they knew. They right. didn't know. They were going to be saddled forever. So this was in the uh, early 90s, and one of the girls had to drop out of college because of serious health issues. She's still stuck with that debt. Yeah. You know, she's uh, in her late 40s now. And the other uh, girl did graduate and is doing well for herself, but she's caring for her sister. So. Uh, she's not using the degree right. that she worked so hard for because of family situations. So I really don't appreciate these people that come on here. They don't have a clue about anything other than maybe what they read or sound bites from Fox mm. News or whatever. Uh, it's just aggravating. Yeah, they want out these people that are saddled for their entire lives with debts that shouldn't should not have been put on them to begin with. So that's right. what I had to say. And I thank you for the time. Thank you. Thank you for calling. And there's nothing wrong with a programmatic, efficient way of forgiving debt, a student loan debt, especially for those who go into essential jobs. And they, even what Bob said, it's nothing wrong with a nursing program, a two-year nursing program. Uh, but there, you know, I would like to encourage young people, especially young people of color, to, to go into all of the first responder uh, professions, including nursing, including uh, EMT, uh, firefighters, uh, you know, we need, and then there I understand some programs that are having some success recruiting young people of color into these programs. That is necessary, but a bunch of simple answers, and a lot of you are responding by email, and I like some of the answers you are getting. One emailer has recommended reading the book Evicted, by Michael, by, I'm sorry, by Matthew Desmond, and uh, assuming that the people who need a job, as the one caller did, have a working car in a stable living situation uh, is assuming a lot. You know, rents in Tampa and St. Pete, as the emailer goes on to say, are exorbitant these days, and that's ex- absolutely true. And uh, if you 
are lucky enough to have a car. This is just my addition. You got to pay a lot in, in insurance. That's a, another way to gouge you. But the email goes on to say, if you don't have an address, it's hard to get a job. Uh, and you can't pay for school if you don't work. Uh, those embroiled in true poverty have much more to overcome than just going to a two-year nursing program. So thank you, Nancy, for that email because those are very cogent points. Let's go to Trevor in Tampa and see what Trevor has to add to the conversation. Go ahead, Trevor. You're on Community Speaks. Hey, I really appreciate the conversation. Um, And I just want to throw out that about 13 years ago, um, when I was uh, very financially struggling, um, Hillsborough County, uh, the building's still there at 12th, or excuse me, at Bush Boulevard in Florida. Um, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They signed me up for a truck driving class, five-week class, and um, they called me up five years later, and I was still truck driving. And um, their investment, you know, has, you know, it was a five-week class that they helped, you know, get Mm -hmm. me in there because I didn't have the five $7,000 for the class. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, but they, they, they pushed it and, and, uh, but I, I recommend folks to, you know, go this for a job service. I'm not sure if it's Hillsborough County now, but, um, yeah, at Bush in Florida. But also, yeah. like, just mm-hmm. on a lighter side, um, our mayor, Pam Iorio, um, I believe she's done more for border security than, um, than our governor. I mean, didn't she, like, single-handedly stop a kilo of cocaine <laughs> on her fishing trip down in the Keys? Yes, she did. Well, she noticed the she noticed the packaging. She had worked in DEA, I believe, so she recognized oh, yeah. the packaging. Yeah, she's a police officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she is definitely so a police officer. She just happened to be in the right place at the right time or at the oh, wrong time. Oh, my God. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, bless y'all, and I just want to call in and say hello. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you for calling. And yeah, uh, take care. You too. And it does help to go to um, any anything that's going to help you get yourself into the workforce, to get yourself out there competing to get into the workforce. Then, yeah, go to job service. Go to Workforce of Florida right there on Florida Avenue. Christina in St. Pete. You're on Community Speaks, and I believe you're going to be the last word. Go ahead, Christina. Good morning, Mokini. I'm going to Hi. try to talk really fast. I won't be able to get everything in, so I'll, I'll save it for another show. Okay. Um, I want to respectfully but passionately disagree with a caller that called earlier. His name was Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, and he. I felt like he completely oversimplified such a grandiose economic issue when he said, you know what, don't get angry, don't get jealous. Just get a job. Yeah, <laughs> it was just oversimplification. Quite frankly, I've never in my life heard such an oversimplification of the process. And I'm going to give an example as to why I disagree with him, a specific example. I know a woman, she works as a, at a preschool, taking care of the four-year-old class during the day. It's her full-time job. And then at night, two nights a week, she has to go to a pizzeria out of Papa John's or somewhere and taking pizzas out of the hot oven until 10 o'clock at night. You're going to tell me, Bob, <laughs> that people shouldn't get angry and should just keep on working wherever they're working for the low wages they're working for and not take time to analyze and think about this problem that rich people manage to successfully evade paying their taxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, we're all here in Florida paying our tax dollars, going to ridiculous things like uh, this Yahoo sending troops to Texas <laughs> yeah. at the border and migrant buses going here and there. I mean, come on. 
And yeah, people do need to get angry and people do need to be jealous and there needs to be peaceful protest in the street about this thing. You know, it's going to get to a point where mutiny does happen. Similar to what's going on in Palestine. I mean, it's terrible what happened on October 7th. Those people didn't deserve it. But it was a problem that had been going on for many years. Mm -hmm. And then you have mentally ill people like Hamas who they react in that way. Mm. So when you, in Florida, things are getting very dangerous. And if this inequity between the wealthy and the working class continues, crime will go up. Bad things will happen. So sorry, Bob. And a lot of those people, yeah, you're right. I I, I don't want my house broken into at four o'clock in the morning. Who does? You know (laughs) what I mean? But these are the types of things that will become more common if if this problem does not, if this thing does keep getting out of hand. So I just wanted to share that. Uh, thank you, Christina, for sharing that. You're absolutely right. Point by point, you you got back, got to get back. Thank you. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too. And uh, I think we're out of time. I'm close to running out of time. But let's see what Ronika, you're in Sun City. You say what? Yeah, I was calling about the gentleman who say get a job and spend yeah. less and stuff like that. The cost of living is way too high. It's seventeen hundred, what seventeen and a half for one bedroom in my neighborhood. Yeah, like so. Even if you have a job, what is the next thing? I work with two income in my household. Me and my husband both work. He works sixty hours. I work forty hours. Yeah, and he, outside of that, we pick up side jobs on top of that with right, kids. So right. when you don't have gas or nothing in your car, you have no choice but to put it on a credit card. Right, right. Not that. I do my budget every month. My car alone costs me eighteen hundred with gas, the monthly payments for insurance, and a car note. See, so that's two car in a family. So if you most of these area where these cost of living is so high, they only pay thirteen dollars an hour. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's not a living wage. <laughs> it's not a living line. wage. The cost <laughs> of living needs to go down. The cost of living is way too high. They're putting up all these fancy apartments and calling it luxury living. Even if you go into Tampa and get a low-income apartment, it's still $1,000 for one bedroom. They That's have right. to qualify for that apartment. Hey, you're doing good if it's $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's part right there. But you have to qualify and be on a low-income right. waiting list to get into that. Right. And then if you have a record on your background, you can't oh. even get into those apartments. Yeah, you're not even going to get considered after that. So you can't say get a job and you should be out there working and spending less. Like, spend yeah. nothing at this point. Like, you still need the basic things to survive. And food is one of those things. Exactly. Got to have food to live on Earth. Thank you, Ronika. We're out of time. No problem. All right. You have a nice day. Thank you. you take too. my call. Thank you. Bye. That has been Community Speaks. And uh, up next, of course, is going to be more headlines from National Public Radio News, followed by getting back to the music. It's the Music Monday with Blandy Whalen. Keep it tuned to WMNF Tampa. This has been Patrick Ovili for Community Speaks.